Hello and welcome to Fell in Love with a Hound, the podcast for people who love greyhounds. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Fell in Love with a Hound. I'm your host Laura Jane and thank you for downloading this episode. I'm sorry it's been a while since the last one, real life has got in the way and while I recorded this chat with Rich a few weeks ago, I've only now got a chance to edit it and publish it, so apologies for that. I was really excited when I reached out to Rich to ask if he'd like to be a guest on the podcast. Like most of those listening, I've been a fan of his for the last couple of years. Anyone who doesn't know who Rich is, he is an English cartoonist who creates the most amazing cartoons that absolutely capture both greyhounds and what it's like to be a greyhound owner. And that's because he is one. As we talk about in our interview, he's very much a part of the cult of the greyhound, as all of us houndies are. (laughs) So without further ado, I hope you enjoy the chat. So joining me today on the podcast is Rich Skipworth and he's joining us from his studio in Worcester. Hi Rich, thanks for taking the time to chat today. Hello Jane. Hi. Uh, Now a lot of people might recognise your name right away because Mm -hmm. if you're in the greyhound world or orbit the greyhound world in any way, you're probably very familiar with your work. Could you tell us a bit more about what you actually do for a living? (laughs) Uh, You mean before I became a greyhound celeb? (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a freelance uh, cartoonist and I've been, a, I've been a freelance cartoonist for, I don't know, um, 30, 35 years, something like that. Maybe more, I'm not quite sure, really. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I've, um, I've been kind of getting away with drawing cartoons for a living for a, a long time now. And, uh, and nobody's told me to stop or said, uh, you should stop doing that and get a proper job. So, uh, <laughs> well, if you're good at something, you should just keep on doing it. Well, Absolutely. yeah, it's, uh, it was always uh, always my ambition when I was a kid to be a, a cartoonist. Well, I wanted to be a comic book artist, but uh, that kind of just never happened, really, because uh, um, I always found comics got a bit grim, really, in later years. And um, it's, it's all dark night graphic novels and misery now. And uh, I just wanted to draw the funny stuff, so I wound up doing that, really. Um, but, uh, yeah, I... Um, Oh yeah, really. So I started my career as uh, as a graphic designer, as an advertising layout artist for uh, newspapers, and then I moved on to advertising agencies, doing uh, doing fairly conventional graphics, really, in the long off days before before digital was even even heard of or even able to be pronounced. It was uh, all done by hand then, and uh, yes, that was a long time ago, nineteen eighty something or other. I think I can't remember that far back. But it was, yeah, it was around about then. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I was doing uh, advertising stuff, brochures, magazines, uh, interesting things. Like I did a spell of being a bread bag designer. That was uh, that a was a bread bag designer. Yeah. You, you wouldn't think anybody actually designed bread bags, did you? But uh, I was, I was temporarily the the bread bag king. And, uh, <laughs> so if we ate bread in the eighties, we probably yeah, saw your probably work. One out my yeah, one of my bags was probably wrapped around it. I would think yeah. <laughs> uh, but ultimately, uh, ultimately, I tired of this uh, this this whirlwind of delights, and I thought, well, I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to go and go freelance. Really, I think various people, various clients, graphic design clients, had said, look, you know, if you want, if you go freelance, then we'll give you loads of work. And uh, I'm in an R and over this for a long time, really, because it's always a tricky tricky decision to make whether you're going to sort of take the leap into what I thought was the dark. And uh, but anyway, I did. And uh, I got, yeah, sure enough, I got some work from existing clients 
Um, but it was all kind of like the same sort of thing. And um, it was still designing double glazing adverts or stuff for boiler manufacturers and things, which is, uh, you know, technically demanding, but uh, creatively it was a bit a bit dull, really. Mm. And uh, then uh, luckily one day um, my wife spotted an advert in the paper saying that there was, um, there was a greetings card company called Web Ivory. Um, they're up, or they were up in Burton-on-Trent. And they, yes. were, yeah, they were, have you ever seen their stuff? Or, uh, yeah, well, do you know, this is a very strange kind of full circle thing. I used to help my mum write the Christmas cards every year. Oh, yeah. And the monks' Christmas cards. Oh, yeah. She always had a packet of those. And I know that they were one of your creations. Yeah, that was, that was my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she always got her um, Christmas cards from Web Ivory. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I paid the mortgage for a good few years, that did. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they wanted a they wanted a graphic designer to uh, design and lay out all their catalogue, which is their web ivory catalogue, which is huge. So I thought, well, if we get that job, then uh, you know it's I'll be loads of money and feet up, not have to worry about anything. And, uh, and when we got there, drove all the way to Burton on Trent uh, in my uh, leaky sports car on a rainy night, and uh, we got there. And they said, oh, sorry you've come all this way, but we've decided to uh, fill the job internally now. But uh, well, there you go. Oh. Yes, yeah, so that was great. Said, but uh, we, we did notice you got one or two cartoons in your portfolio. And uh, we, we published a few cartoons on cards and that. So uh, why don't you send some in? So, oh, yeah, I haven't got anything else to do because work was a bit bit slim at the time. So I thought, well, I'll, oh, all right, yeah, I'll send some in. Not thinking there was anything in it, really. Although it's probably just a waste of time. But um, sure enough, they um, got straight back to me and said, oh, these, we like these, uh, we'll buy them. And I uh, said, so, oh, OK, so yeah, we'll pay you uh, £100. And I thought, brilliant, that's four cartoons, uh, £100. I said, no, £100 each. Uh, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I was stunned by this. So I immediately did them and sent some more in as well and said, do you want these too? They said, yeah, we'll have that. We'll, we'll buy all those as well. And um, so I, I, that was my end. My, I stumbled against a sort of kind of opening door, really. And I walked into what I thought was a kind of little um, little sort of cottage industry, I thought, of, of people doing greetings cards. Never thought much of it. And uh, it turns out that I accidentally sort of tottered into this multi-million pound international industry <laughs> that was like a sort of great big vacuum cleaner for, for cartoon talent. And uh, so I got I got sucked into that for um, for many years and made all my money at the time um, doing uh, designing greetings cards. I abandoned the graphics stuff after about about half an hour, I think, of <laughs> doing a few cartoons. I thought I'll not do any more double glazing mm -hmm. adverts. Uh, I'll do the funny stuff. And uh, here we go, it turned out great. And uh, yeah, the monks was was one part of it. Mm -hmm. um, there was a bloke who uh, there was there was a guy who, who did monks cartoons before me. I why monks are associated with Christmas cards, I don't know, but um, they were. They seem to work, yeah, yeah they work. And they said, oh, we, we, we have a, an artist here who uh, used to draw a lot of monks' cards for us, and they were very popular, but, uh, well, he's died. And uh, oh. <laughs> so would you fancy having a go at him? So I uh, said, so, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try that, never having drawn a monk before in my life. Mm. And, uh, one cartoon I did was... Uh, it was in the, kind of like in the dawn of the computer age, really, and uh, just just after dinosaurs roamed the earth, I think. And uh, I did this cartoon of uh, there was two monks, one side by side. One of them was working on a computer, and he was designing um, a, a, like a Christmas greeting, and uh, the other one was working on a sort of by hand on a on a 
scriptorium and was obviously lagging behind and the guy on the computer had finished it. And uh, this turned out to be an amazingly uh, good best-selling monk's card. And uh, oh, wow. that, that one sort of spark of an idea triggered off a whole series of uh, or demand for more monk stuff. So uh, I wound up doing loads and loads of monk's cards, more and more complicated as time went on. Uh, so I actually became quite interested in the uh, the architecture of churches and things. So I'd be, I'd be seen wandering around like the cathedral in Worcester and making notes. And uh, yeah, yeah, it, uh, that that was the start of it all, really. And uh, that's fantastic. I, yeah, I was doing um, doing greetings cards for years, and uh, that was a you, you wouldn't think it was a stressful business being a cartoonist, would you? Really, you'd think it'd be. A, a fairly jolly little sort of enterprise, really. But yeah. uh, there was uh, turned out there was such an enormous demand for work. They always wanted more stuff all the time. And uh, I was doing I was doing a work in a seven day week and a twelve wow. day, and uh, yeah, it's flat out. And uh, yeah, at the end of the week, I was exhausted. You know? <laughs> well, I guess it's a kind of nice problem to have, and that yeah, yeah. obviously you're yeah. successful. Oh, uh, but yes, you obviously want your weekend as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it was good, and. Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, I, I moved on from Web Ivory, and um, well, I, I just sort of branched out. Really, Web Ivory would give me a certain amount of work, but it wasn't necessarily enough to sort of make it an entire living. And so I found other companies to do stuff for and um, work for them. There was uh, well, mo- I think most of the greetings card companies in the country. I think I worked for at one point, or at least the large ones. Um, Hallmark cards, I did some stuff for. Uh, Great British Greetings Card Company, which was at one time called Paper House, did a load of stuff for them. Okay. And uh, the main one was for a company called Hanson White, which was in, based in Croydon. And uh, that was uh, that was a long run of, uh, of stuff for them. And they, they were they were great because they would um, uh, they would send you like the, the joke. <laughs> so all you had to do was illustrate the illustrate the joke, but. Uh, they were quite open to uh, mucking around with the joke and uh, and improving it or or just rewriting it. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. Good. yeah, it's that sounds fantastic. Period, yeah. yeah, that sounds like a very um, obviously very creative way of making a living. Um, yeah. And the fact that you're freelance and you have all this kind of um, freedom to kind of make your own work day and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. That sounds like a, a very creative way of, of doing it. Um, obviously, you we need to kind of lead on to where the greyhounds come into this. Oh yes. Right. <laughs> so, uh, can you maybe tell us a bit about your history of uh, dogs and greyhounds in particular, dogs that you've owned? Yeah, well, um, well, I had dogs all my life, really. Um, my mum used to push me around in a pushchair with the dog in the pushchair as well, and uh, so that's so it was kind of. Um, kind of part of my uh, makeup really but uh, and we had um uh we had a, a little sort of um terrier dog um a long time ago now and uh who uh called oxo and uh which so named because he he was roughly cube shaped and uh, was the same color as oxo and we we loved him to bits and eventually sadly he died and uh we thought well uh, we're gonna get another dog we don't know maybe maybe not and that uh, was a bit of a tie in it, having a dog. Was, yeah, maybe. But in the end, we realised that um, it was so quiet in the house and something was so obviously missing that uh, we've got to do something about this. So we thought, well, well, let's go to the local rescue place and see about getting a dog. And uh, so we went to uh, the Dogs Trust in Evesham, which is about uh, 15 miles away. And um, we had a wander around all the kennels there. And um, 
nothing we saw really kind of sparked her anything really and uh, except for this one point and uh, we got to this this kennel and out of the darkness at the back came this uh, little black nose with you know and it was this, this black well she wasn't black actually she was kind of like a sort of scruffy brown color mm. came crawling out and she looked so pathetic and she was the the worst looking specimen we could find in there <laughs> and uh my wife Jill said, "Well, if we don't have her, who's going to have who's going to have her?" So I said, "Yeah, okay, then we'll we'll." So, we, but it's a greyhound. We've never had a greyhound. I said, "Well, what what could go wrong?" So we thought, yeah, she, you know, she was beautiful, really, and and looked so. Uh, it was her eyes, I think. You know, she she looked so appealing. Yeah. Uh, she was in a, in a quite a bad way, really. Her coat was in a terrible mess and so on, and uh, so we we took her on, and that was a greyhound called Gracie. And uh, um, when we sort of got her back home, got her to the vets and for a checkup and so on, it turned out she had really bad uh, sarcoptic mange. So all, all her sort of fur was just basically falling out in clumps, really. And uh, we had to uh, bathe her in this uh, this toxic brew that the vet gave us. And uh, we had to wear breathing, oh, not breathing masks, just face masks and rubber uh-huh. gloves. Had to get the poor dog in the in the bath. I mean, bear in mind she'd only been at home for about I don't know three or four days, and we immediately dumped her into this this bath and all with this masks over your face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it did work, and and uh, her coat came. But we, what we thought was going to be some kind of brown greyhound, uh, sort of like a chocolate lab colour, we thought. Uh, no, it turned out to be this beautiful velvet black creature, and all the all the fur grew back, and she was just so just so beautiful. You know, you could. You could not help but love that dog. And she was so quiet and so gentle. In fact, she was so quiet, we actually thought she was ill at one point because <laughs> we didn't know anything about grounds. We didn't realise that uh, yes. uh, they're the most bone-idle creature on earth, I think. <laughs> and uh, Gracie was no exception. And uh, you know, we, we went to the vet and said, look, she's really quiet all the time. And, and the vet knew about grounds. He said, yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's what they do. That's what they're really yeah. good at. <laughs> no, absolutely. We had a dog sitter once um, who came and, and looked after Dash for us when we were at a wedding. And yeah. afterwards, she kind of said, is Dash OK? She seems a bit depressed. <laughs> like, yes. well, did she just sleep the whole time? She's like, yeah, I was like, that's pretty much what yeah. she does. Yeah. <laughs> She's cat fine. Was, <laughs> cat was ecstatically happy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. was Gracie your inspiration? Was she the first greyhound no, that you actually drew? First greyhound we had. And... Um, when when she eventually sort of died, we thought, well, we've got to get another greyhound then. There's, you know, there's no question about it. So we immediately went and got another greyhound. And then uh, that one passed away and we got another one. And uh, because it was just, that's what we do now. We, if we haven't got a greyhound, we go and get one. Yeah. And, uh, we had other dogs with us at the time. I think that's in. Yeah. All right. Hey, Magic. Hi, Magic. Hey, Listeners, you're... Magic has just walked into the room yeah. and, oh, gorgeous. <laughs> Hello. Very good. <laughs> that was perfect timing. Has she just been oh, hanging it's... around in the wings, ready to walk in when we were yes, starting to talk he, about her? He's theatre trained, of course. <laughs> very media savvy. Yeah. You've got some biscuits in me dress drawers, but uh, not today, mate. No. Oh, hi, Magic. Gorgeous. There you go. I'll put your head on there. That's it. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Magic's our fourth greyhound. And uh, we adopted him from uh, Hall Green Greyhound Trust. And uh, he's the one who's basically been the inspiration for the cartoons, really. Right. 
because mm-hmm. uh, he's he's just amusing, really. He's just funny. Uh, he's um, unlike the others. He's a bit more in your face than the others were, really. I think. Um, I think maybe I don't know because he's a male. All the others were female. I'm not sure if that makes any difference to greyhounds. Um, okay. but, um, maybe he's a he's a bit more vocal. In fact, he's mm-hmm. very vocal, really. Uh, we had su- uh, subscribed to the, uh, the the myth that greyhounds don't bark at one time, and uh, he does. He says he's really good at it. And uh, <laughs> we've got so little... when does he tend to bark? Is it just when he's excited? Uh, when he's excited, or when people come at the door, or uh, uh, for any other reason that uh, takes his fancy, really. Once to go out at the night, then three o'clock in the morning, he'll just have a good bark and get you up. Um, yes, he's uh, he's very kind of. Um, you always know he's around, really. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good because uh, sometimes you actually you can lose your greyhounds. Yeah. Like, where have you gone? Yeah. <laughs> They're so quiet. Yeah, quite right. But uh, mm-hmm. no, you know, you always know when he's around, and he's. Um, we never realised actually when we got him, we we didn't realise quite how big he was because um, when we went to the kennels, where there was nothing really to sort of compare him with. You know, we didn't we didn't take a tape measure or anything. And uh, we, we got him home, and we realised he could really comfortably just rest his head on the work surfaces in the kitchen. And I thought, God, he's big. <laughs> he is. He's, is uh, is he's, he a counter uh, surfer? Does he like to pick things off the counter? Uh, he doesn't know. He's given that up. But he, he was uh, he was an expert at that at one time. Had a whole chicken off the uh, work surface one time. <laughs> <laughs> that must have been his favourite day ever. He probably still remembers that. Oh, he probably does. <laughs> yeah, and he, he, he couldn't realise he didn't think he was doing anything wrong. He says, "Well, you know, what? I've got a chicken, so but so." <laughs> so we had to wrestle the chicken off him. But, so yeah. then, so then, magic was the inspiration. What was the first um, picture that you drew of a greyhound? Uh, it was, um, it was a picture called Bow Down Hound, which is like you know that bowing thing that uh, greyhounds mm-hmm. do. And what it was, um, as again, it's down to uh, my wife Jill. She uh, spotted this. Um, Facebook page called um, uh, what was it? The Adventures of uh, Alice in Wufferland, I think. Oh. And, uh, I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's uh, it's supposedly written by a greyhound. And Jill said, "Do you want to yeah, look at this? It's really funny." I said, mm-hmm. "Yeah, right. It's it's written by a greyhound, is it?" He said, "Yeah." <laughs> so <laughs> I, I, look at, I look at this site. And yeah, it was, it was it was it was nicely written and quite quite amusing. And uh, it was written by a a lady called Suzanne Hopping, who uh, we've since become sort of friends via the internet with now in in Australia. And uh, just for the hell of it, really, I thought, oh, I'll just draw a cartoon of magic and send it in, say, you know, just to say I've got a ground as well, look, and uh, he looks like this. And uh, there was uh, an immediate reaction now. Loads of, Facebook being what it is, uh, uh, loads of people became really enthusiastic about my cartoons. Well, this cartoon in particular, and it was uh, oh, this is really brilliant. Where, where can we get this? Who's done this? And uh, mm-hmm. where can we buy uh, merchandise with this on? Oh, brilliant. That sounds good. And so I, I just I sent a few more in really, and just at random. And uh, yeah, they started getting a bit of a following. I was posting them up on Suzanne Hopping's Alice in Wufferland page, and uh, I thought, well, I better set my own page up really and uh, post them up there rather than poach all the followers. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just started um, when I felt like it. I'd draw a cartoon of magic doing something stupid, and uh, which you, you know you didn't have to wait too long. You do something uh, <laughs> amusing, and you just draw that. So it's kind of like a like a ground ideas machine. He 
And uh, yeah, amazingly, um, they became incredibly popular. And I picked up a, a huge army of followers now. Um, latest count, I think 30,000 followers. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot. But then yeah. I always think, and I've said this before, Greyhound, when you're a Greyhound owner, you become part of a cult. You do, yeah. <laughs> And you're, you know, obsessive about it. You want yeah. to tell people about it. You want to share how amazing Greyhounds are. And obviously it's e- much easier to do that with an, an image that kind of sums up their personality. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just such a good way of doing it. So from that, obviously, you've done the Greyhound glossary. Yeah. So why did you decide to do um, a glossary with the kind of words rather than just a book of illustrations? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where that came from. Um, I think the first one I did was uh, a Zoomy cartoon, um, the, the first glossary entry anyway. And um, I don't know why I did it like a bit of a dictionary thing. Um it was going to be a dictionary, and I realised, well, you run out of things after about sort of six or seven letters, don't you? Because uh, it's a bit difficult matching the um, behaviour to a letter. Yeah. So I, I just I was doing these things at random, really, and inventing words for what he did. But I've, I've no idea where that came from. Uh, I just did it. So uh, don't know. Um, but it worked out pretty well. And the thing is, people are responding really well to it because a lot of people have their own words yeah. um, for things the Greyhound's doing and, and a lot of the time they match up with what you're doing. So it's a kind yeah. of a shared experience, I guess. Uh, I think, yeah, also I think uh, actually one of the things that triggered it off was, uh, was derping. You know, when I, <laughs> their tongues loll out their, their gobs. And uh, I didn't have a word for it or anything. And somebody, uh, so I think I posted a photo up or something and uh, somebody said, yeah, that's derping. I said, what's derping? That's when the tongue lolls out their mouth. (laughs) I think that was probably around about the start of it. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, I should give words this strange behaviour. And, uh, yeah, so I just carried on inventing stuff. And, um, yeah, it's it's gone really well. uh, I'm I'm constantly amazed by how popular they become, to be honest. I really am. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, it's almost like being a celeb. <laughs> <laughs> well, this feels like the ideal um, time to reveal that I am a bit of a fangirl. Wow. Um, I bought the first glossary. Good. I have the calendar up in my bedroom. Ah. I bought the second glossary. I have given T-shirts as gifts to Good. my husband and my nephew. Excellent. I have the bag. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, I think I have purchased many of your items. Excellent. <laughs> And obviously, the reason I can, wanted to kind of talk to you was the fact that the Greyhound Glossary number two is out, yes. um, just in time for Christmas, which oh, is always handy. Yeah, um, <laughs> and without giving too much away, because obviously every page is like a little delight, it's like a little treat. So uh-huh. I don't want to give too much away of what's actually in it, but I have picked out two that I feel really do apply well to my family. Okay. <laughs> uh, the first one being the face paw. The oh, unexpected yeah. arrival of a hound's paw in one's face. Yes. Because my husband gets that every night, really. <laughs> yes, yes, I get that a lot, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of people will kind of recognise just sitting on the sofa and just suddenly seeing this paw advance yeah. towards you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely no sense of your personal space, really. Yes. It uh, really doesn't enter into their thinking whatsoever. So. <laughs> yeah. And the second one, the kind of is a fixture of that, is um, the Velcro hound. Yeah. A hound that sticks to its owner, no matter how long or short the distance travelled by the owner, the Velcro hound will insist on following at every step. Yes. Dash is very much like that. 
Uh, I literally can't move rooms without her being with me. Yeah, uh, incredible, isn't it? I mean, uh, I, I don't know what they expect to find by following around, but, uh, you know, like going acrossing the room would be, uh, you know, case in point. Uh, it's, I'll, I better come with you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it's in case there might be some food, maybe. Uh, well, I think there's, that's always the back of Magic's mind, that there's a possibility of biscuits somewhere. And if he sticks around long enough, I'll just give him one and make him go away. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he used to be pretty... Pretty much a, a total Velcro hound, really. He was more like a like a super glue hound he was when we had him. He just would not leave you alone. Uh, I think he, well, he had a bit of separation anxiety initially. Oh. Uh, but that's uh, luckily that's kind of worn off now. Um, he's pretty much okay on his own. So he, he tends to now, if he feels like he'll, he'll just go in his bed somewhere and he might be in another room. But generally speaking, I, I'd think he's you're never more than about six feet away from magic most of the time. So do you have any favourite words of the two glossaries you've put together? Is there any of any word or phrase that sticks in your mind as your favourite? Oh, hang on. I'll just, I'll just grab it. I saw it testing, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I memorised them all. <laughs> I just feel that some of them really speak, like all of them you kind of recognise, but some of them, like the two I just read out, really speak to you. Yes, you uh, uh, that uh, perfume was one, um, which was that uh, sort of, smell of a greyhound's head which doesn't sound very pleasant does it but uh, I, I thought that's quite good it's a lovely smell though it's a lovely it, smell. it is yeah it's, it's very calming as well and uh, the uh, oh yeah the um, OCCCD uh, which is the uh, compulsive collar collecting disorder uh, which I suffer from we've got quite a lot of and uh, yeah those those are the two that stand out I think at the moment no definitely I think it's just it's just a treat to open the book and every single one of them you kind of recognize yeah yeah it's, uh, it's all drawn from personal experience yeah. everything in there is yeah uh, definitely so in terms of the glossary then I know that um you offer kind of discounts to kind of um rescues and things that maybe want to buy it in bulk and sell it on to people to help raise funds yeah. so if people were interested in that how would they go about finding out a bit more about that best thing best thing to do get full information from my website if you go to uh, richskipworth.co.uk you'll find a tab on the uh, on every page where it'll say greyhound glossary uh, click on that and it gives you a bit of uh, first page you get to gives you a bit of information about what the book is uh, on the uh, and there's a little link at the bottom of that page that tells you to where how to order and uh, that will take you to the um, sort of ordering information page and there's info there about uh, where to order it from um, how to get a copy and if you're because um, because now I'm, I'm obviously I'm worldwide now and uh, mm. there's, there's quite a few I'm getting more and more into the scheme but um, there's quite a few greyhound groups around the, the globe now that I've been ordering in bulk and then selling on. To, that's the doorbell. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear the dogs howling in the background, can you? Well, yes, I can hear them, so that's yeah, yeah. that's a good example. That's uh, you know, it's not a podcast until somebody's had their phone ring or the yeah, doorbell's yeah. gone or whatever. <laughs> yeah. We've got a, a Jack Russell and the Greyhound, so uh, the, the Jack Russell's probably a few decibels higher than Magic. Uh, <laughs> oh, anyway, yes, as I was saying, oh yeah, yes. Um, ordering information is on on my website pages, but um, and uh, there's a lot of places, a lot of groups overseas or outside the UK. Uh, so, like if, if you were in Australia, there's several groups you could contact that way. 
and uh, that list will increase with time because I'm I'm continually badgering people and yeah. telling them that uh, what a great idea it would be to buy my book uh, in book and then sell it again. And uh, but it worked really well. Worked really well last time around. So I thought, well, I'll just just do it again. And uh, yeah, raised quite a bit of money actually for for various greyhound groups. Fantastic, because um, that's as we know, it's the for the greyhound rescues, it's two handed. They need money and they also need people. So. Yeah. You're kind of helping with one aspect of that, but also you're bringing more people into the Greyhound fold and kind yeah, of being yeah. an ambassador for Greyhound owners. It, it does seem to work that way, yeah, yeah. Which I'm, uh, oh, I'm a bit dead chuffed with, really. That's that's, that's done out pretty well. Isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. Do you feel that you are a kind of Greyhound ambassador? Then do you can, to I tell think, people how amazing they are? I, I kind of wound up that way. Yeah, I mean, uh, I will go on and on about Greyhounds if uh, given the half a chance, but. Uh, yeah, yeah, any chance I get, I'll uh, try and convert somebody to the cause. I think, but uh, yeah, uh, it's 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 nice to to actually to be able to raise the money for uh, for other hands. Uh, it's it's worked out pretty well. I didn't think it would go that way, and um, once we, I say once we did the first book, there was such a demand for it, and uh, loads of people saying, well, you know, where can we buy it overseas and so on, and we thought, well, you know, what about doing a discount? Because the, the shipping costs for overseas were really quite high if you were buying yeah. just one or two books. And they'd be almost as much as the book, if not more than the book itself. But if you if you bought like four or five copies, then the shipping costs began to drop uh, uh, dramatically then. And if you were buying about sort of 20 copies of a book, um, then it uh, it fell right to the floor then. You know, it became very affordable. Fantastic. Uh, so and I thought, well, if we, you know, I'd... I'd do a 33% discount basically on on the books if you buy them in quantities of 20 or over, and that mm-hmm. that works out. So there's quite a reasonable margin for making yeah. from reselling then. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it all, all works out okay. And um, I love the fact that you're doing it around the world because greyhound greyhounds and greyhound owners, whether you're in the UK or America or Australia or Germany, you all have the same experiences. It yes. doesn't really matter what, where in the world you live, no, you all have no. that same experience. Yeah, so that's, that's right. a nice thing to bring us together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Made quite so, a, lot of, a lot of friends through just owning a greyhound now, so uh, which is uh, which is amazing. Uh, yes, it's a uh, social thing. Yeah, well, I was up in um, Kendall a couple of weeks back, and I'm part of a, a cartoonist organisation. I call the Cartoonist Club of Great Britain, uh, which is a, a venerable organisation. Originally um, arrived in the early days of, of Fleet Street and uh, back in the 1960s. And um, but now there aren't really any Fleet Street cartoonists. There's just cartoonists. And so, but the, the club itself lives on. And um, we uh, we go and attend various functions and stuff. And uh, sometimes we do we we'll do live cartooning that kind of thing. And uh, but uh, there's a big comics art festival in Kendall uh, that we go to several uh, several years in a row. We've been going there, and uh, it's huge. And uh, they it, it's it's based around independent comics publishers and so on. So as I referred to earlier, it's all sort of grim stuff really. But they they like us there because we do stupid cartoons and uh, it's just funny. So we have a big stall there now, and mm-hmm. uh, there's about uh, about a dozen of us turn up. And um, we sell cartoon books and stuff. And uh, I took a load of my Greyhound glossaries along. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, sure enough, a load of my Greyhound fans turned up. Excellent. Uh, with their Greyhounds, which is great. And, uh, 
fantastic. Yeah, everybody else, all these people drawing Batman and uh, uh, other other sort of grim tales were wondering what the hell's going on because suddenly <laughs> it's full of greyhounds. Like, is there a dog convention next door that we That's don't know about? They were wondering that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so has magic come become quite a celebrity in his own right then oh yeah yeah people like to uh, like to meet him yeah and uh and give him biscuits basically which is <laughs> that covers it as far as magic's concerned well has there been any diva demands is he demanding his own dressing room and <laughs> no i think he's got everything he needs at the moment he's, uh, <laughs> he's well catered for he's got three beds in the house yeah and, uh, it sounds as if he's very, very well looked after. He is, yeah, yeah. He's spoiled rotten, really. But, uh, but he's, yeah, he's great. He is. I just, uh, just love that dog. And yep. he's, uh, yeah, such a, he's a really happy dog now. Mm-hmm. Well, um, that's good though, because obviously, I think if it's a happy dog and it's a happy owner, that's always a good, nice balance. Yeah, you, see yeah. that you can tell the household. You can tell the type of household by the type of dog. I read that somewhere and I thought that was a really nice way of seeing it. So if you get a happy dog, then you must have a happy household. So. Yeah, he's it's, it's, it's quite happy and settled here now. It didn't take him long to get the hang of it. Uh, well, anywhere there's a bed, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny how their personality begins to come out over over a period of time. You know, but, uh, the, the the first impressions you get of, of a greyhound aren't necessarily the, the, the right ones, really. And, uh, yeah, Magic was sort of quite... Um, a bit withdrawn when we first had him, I think, and, uh, and I say he had a lot of separation anxiety issues. Mm-hmm. But now that's all gone away, and he's he's just um, he's quite just quite funny, really. You know, he's, he's, it's like he's got a sense of humour, and uh, yeah, he's and uh, um, he's still still changing even now. I think mean, we've had him for about five years now, and still bits and pieces of his personality are still coming out. You know, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's just quite interesting to to observe him, really. Yeah, it's a joy to have them around the house. I think just. I think anybody who says that animals don't have a soul obviously has never spent any time with a greyhound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it just shines out of them, their yeah. personality yeah. and yeah. their humour. Yeah. That's Definitely. A... So going back to your work then, yeah. obviously I want to spread the word as widely as possible about what you have. So as we say, you've got the Greyhound Glossary 2 out just now. Yeah. Um, is there going to be a 2020 calendar as well? Uh, there is a 2020 calendar, yes. Oh, great. There, there is one out now. And, uh, yes, that's available from the same people that are distributing my um, books. Uh, so, I, I, yes, I think they're pretty sure there's information on the uh, on the webpage about that. Excellent. Uh, Excellent. And, obviously, all your other merchandise for yeah. everybody who's always looking for presents for the hound lover in their life, well, where do we find yeah, out about that? Can't, you can't go far wrong with my, uh, my vast array of merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> with hand emblems. Uh, yeah, it's um, I sell a lot of my stuff through an online uh, print-on-demand company. It's known as, and it's called Red Bubble. Yes. And if you go on Red Bubble and you search for Rich Skipworth, um, then you'll you'll find me there. Um, even if you just search for Greyhound cartoons, I think you probably pick me up on there. But uh, just do a search for Rich Skipworth, and you'll you'll find me on Red Bubble. And uh, they, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with print-on-demand stuff, but the, the way it works is that I, I just design the artwork and I upload it to uh, this company. They're based in, well, they're based, based in San Francisco and somewhere in Australia. Okay. And, um, what they do is they then take your digital artwork and they send it to various uh, printing outlets around the world. And uh, when you order something, 
there is no stock held as such. And when you order something, it's printed on demand, really. So uh, uh, printed, uh, in theory, at the nearest printing depot near to your country. Mm. And, uh, it's, it's pretty efficient, really. So it, it works okay. And the quality is really quite nice. Uh, well, yeah, well, it's, it's very, I, see, I've I've purchased a few things, and the uh, the bag I've got is the um I think it's either the spring or the summer. Oh yeah, um, yeah one, yeah. and it's a really good quality bag. I use it all the time. Yeah. Sometimes with tote bags, they can be quite thin or whatever, but it's like yeah. double layered. It's really quite yeah, pretty good, dirty. Print quality from Red Bubble is excellent. Yeah, I did a bit of research before I signed up with them too, because there's there's lots of print-on-demand companies, and uh, they're not all the same. There's some which are just a lot cheaper, but their quality is pretty rubbish a lot of the time. And, uh, yeah, I first came across them with a, a mate of mine had a T-shirt on at um, some cartoon event we were going to, and uh, it was a T-shirt with his design on, and the print quality was really good. And they mm-hmm. said, got this from Redbubble, and da-di-da. And, uh, so I uh, did a bit of research, found out they were um, the best company I found for doing print-on-demand stuff. And uh, really easy to work with. And uh, so, yeah, signed up with them. And uh, it's because all I have to do is just the artwork and, and they do everything else. It makes it a um, very productive way of doing stuff. You can you can just do loads of stuff. And all, all you have to do is worry about just doing the cartoon, just doing the artwork. And you don't have to worry about um, uh, actually getting stuff back from a printer and package. Yeah, and having boxes everywhere oh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, which is... Uh, I have tried that before with different different ventures I've uh, attempted in the past. And to be honest, a nightmare, that is. Having a yes, house is, is not good. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the, the print-on-demand thing, is, it's gone really well. The, the prices are probably they're sort of high-ish, I suppose. But then that's because it's a one-off bespoke service, really. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not something you can find anywhere else. So, uh, yeah, but it, yeah, that's that's gone really well. They uh, they like me at Redbubble now. On the fact, I think they they interviewed me the other day. Oh right, okay. Oh, you're being interviewed all over the place. Yes, I am. Yes. <laughs> this is nothing for me now. I'm, I'm <laughs> quite com- I'm quite confident with it. Uh, but uh, yeah, they're they're good. Um, Fantastic. And uh, the, the latest thing they did was uh, yeah, it was socks. They're great. Oh. <laughs> they're brilliant. <laughs> so we can all have greyhound socks underneath our Christmas tree then. Yeah. <laughs> There's a choice of about uh, half a dozen different designs now. Brilliant. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I shall leave you to it then, since you're obviously right, okay. a bit, you're a man in demand by the oh, sounds of it. No <laughs> but yeah. I love the fact that you've taken something that you obviously love. So many of us wish that we could take something that we love and turn it into a career. And yeah. you've managed to do that, obviously through hard work and talent as well but you've managed to kind of achieve that and you are a very good ambassador for greyhounds and greyhound owners so thank you for that oh well thank thank you for the compliment i think (laughs) that's it no one more amazed than me the way this worked out and uh yeah i I love it really it's uh, it's really good excellent well i'll make sure that i leave all the links to all your different projects and websites i'll make sure that you are on um fell in love with the hound facebook page and we can hopefully spread the words and get all these greyhound glossaries into the homes of greyhound owners excellent right thank you very much for your time today thanks rich okay cheers laura bye bye i'd just like to say a big thank you again to rich for taking the time out of his busy schedule to have a chat with me 
If anyone is interested in buying the new Greyhound Glossary or any of his merchandise for Christmas, and if my husband is listening, I need the 2020 calendar, please, I would recommend that you visit Rich's website where you can access all the channels for purchasing them. The address for that is www.richskipworth.co.uk. So this will be my last podcast of the year, as between having a big birthday and Christmas, there just aren't enough hours in the day. (laughs) I want to take this opportunity to wish you and your hounds a very happy festive period. I know that sometimes this time of the year can be difficult for some people, but remember that everything feels better when you have a greyhound in your life. If your circumstances mean that you don't have a hound of your own, then remember your local greyhound charity would love some donations and volunteers, so I would encourage you to reach out to them. So please stay safe, stay warm, and most of all, give your hounds a hug from me. <laughs>